Hey, welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. Here we're going to talk about all things OCD. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, and if you'd like to work together, come check out my monthly membership called Mastering OCD and join a group of other people like yourself. You can go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. And see you in there. Hi, and welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. So today I have Darcy and Cassie with a penny for for your intrusive thoughts. And I am excited to have you girls here because I know you've been around, I think Darcy and I were chatting a little bit before since 2018. Um, And I certainly know that uh, people would love to hear kind of how that all got started. Um, And I would love to also talk to you today a little bit about uncertainty, because as we all know with OCD, as with life in general, uncertainty is a big point of conversation, but also in the context of OCD specifically, you know, people always ask things like, but how, how can you sit there and embrace not knowing when your brain is giving you all sorts of random intrusive thoughts um, that are really scary. So um, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to first ask, um, actually, to have us dive into the topic of uncertainties, because I think that's probably kind of the burning question usually people have, um, and whoever wants to answer first. But I'd love to hear from both of you. Um, I think one thing that's safe to say, you know, I, I've, I've definitely come out of the OCD closet last year in terms of I have OCD and <clears throat> been a bit more open about, you know, kind of the process that it takes. And it's a personal decision. Um, and I think it's safe to say that if we're all here, we are all dealing with OCD, facing OCD, talking about OCD, know what it's about. Um, so my question to both of you is from your experience, kind of how, how would you explain to somebody or how would you, what kind of advice or tip would you give to somebody who has that question of how do I, how do I accept uncertainty when I feel so uncertain, so anxious, so scared, um, that, you know, what if, you know, some common examples, like what if I am a pedophile or what if I don't know my sexual orientation or what if I am some sort of a predator or what if I am contaminated in some way and end up dying or I'm in the wrong relationship or, you know, whatever the myriad of things that OCD brain produces. So whoever wants to go first. <laughs> go ahead, Cassie. I think, um, so first I just want to, acknowledge that that's definitely something I'm still working on. So I don't know if I'll have even the best answer because it can, it's definitely very difficult. I think what's helped me is just like realizing that the kind of uncertainty is the core of basically every OCD I thought I have. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy. Um, it's easy. I, I know there's kind of the debate between is the content important? Is it not? I think what's really helped me is I think, well, Acknowledging the content is important to like notice that you realize that you're not alone. But I do think that, you know, tying it all back to uncertainty is so important. Realizing that it's not about like whether I whether this is true, whether this is true. It's about the fact that I don't know. And that's such a big thing for me. Um, so I'll let Darcy go and I'll think about the actual answer to your question. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, Cass. I, I also... Um, kind of thinking of it of the context of the world we're living in right now and how uncertain it is and I think like when you ask that question I'm thinking to myself 
I'm not very good at dealing with uncertainty. And then I'm realizing, well, that's not completely true. Like sometimes I don't have a choice and then I'm forced to deal with it. And a really good example of that is COVID. I didn't, nobody had the choice to deal with the uncertainty that is a global pandemic, yet we all are here and are dealing with it, right? So I guess to explain to someone who might not quite understand, um, I think using the pandemic as a mutual world experience is a good way to explain it because it's a time where we're all forced to face uncertainty and you don't think you're going to be able to handle it. You don't know how you're going to be able to handle it, but somehow you still do. And maybe you look back and think of like more efficient ways you could have handled it, but that doesn't mean that the way you handle it is wrong or bad. We just kind of do what we can do in the moment. And then I think part of having, having OCD is just constantly sitting with that feeling. And that's so, so hard. And explaining that to somebody somebody who doesn't have anxiety or OCD is really challenging, but it's become a lot easier since we've all experienced this kind of mutual moment. I remember when lockdown, lock, lockdown first started over a year ago, um, like making a Facebook post about how much I related to the world of everyone being afraid of everything because I've always been that way. Um, and so I think of it a little bit like that too, is kind of... Um, using the pandemic or a similar mutual experience as an example to explain how we all sit with things that we don't know. Um, and our mind wants to wander and imagine what life is going to be like in a week or a month or a day or a year or whatever. But at the end of the day, we don't know. And that's the hardest part. Um, yet we still are here and are doing it. Yeah. And I mean, it's part of what I'm hearing and I'm wondering if this is something you find true as well is it's especially like for folks in the context of OCD land, um, when people are like, but how do I, how do I accept uncertainty? It's, it's kind of like a big question, right? But I think part of, and, and kind of what both of you are saying too, sounds like, well, first of all, like step back and kind of recognize, well, you're dealing with uncertainty in so many other ways in your life and you're kind of just already doing mm -hmm. it. So clearly you're, you already somehow have this skill set. but when OCD comes and really pulls your attention to hyper-focus on whatever that theme or topic is of that moment, um, kind of like using your tools to recognize that, first of all, that's, that is OCD right now that's on. And then being able to kind of proactively make that decision to say, okay, I'm going to decide to sit with not knowing this right now and ride this wave out. Um, and in that way, opening myself up to being really vulnerable and taking that risk of like, okay, we'll see what happens on the other side. Um, I think, yeah, that's just kind of what seems to kind of stand out from what you guys are saying. Yeah, I like that, um, that you mentioned that it's a choice because I think a lot of times, I know my experience with OCD is a lot of feeling out of control and trying to control it yeah. and to flip the narrative and to be like, actually, it is my choice to sit with the uncertainty and to face this fear can give you a lot of power. And I think that it's easy to forget that when you have all these intrusive thoughts that feel out of control. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add in there, Cassie? I wasn't sure. Wanted, I didn't want to like skip over you. <laughs> Yeah, I think something that's important too is just kind of, this might be a really scary thought, but almost basically everything in the world is uncertain. And our OCD likes to tell us that like, if we do something, we'll make it not so. But I think it comes from this fear of like, you know, it is like a scary fact that not everything is certain. And so kind of once we acknowledge that, we can realize that, you know, compulsions aren't going to, even with compulsions, everything's uncertain. I think coming to that realization is helpful, but also very scary. 
Yeah, right. There's so much fear around it. But yeah, I mean, uncertainty, I, th I think the part of the other thing that comes to mind when we're talking about this topic is, is uncertainty. I mean, the reality is, it, I forget where I heard this, but it's like there's two things you know in life, basically. One is like the day you're born and one is one day you're not going to be here. Like everything mm -hmm. in the middle, who the heck knows, right? What's mm -hmm. going to happen, how it's going to happen. Like here it is, pandemic. Nobody anticipated that. Um, I think people thought initially like, oh, three, four months, we'll be done. Been over a year now. We're like, oh, my gosh. Right. So it's like the waves of that experience where first there was like kind of like, OK, we'll be shocked and then kind of we'll be OK. And then kind of, well, I'm not sure if we'll be OK. And now burnout and overwhelm kind of like, oh, um, right. So we go through all of those processes and kind of like allowing that to be right, like allowing whatever the experience is and not try to control it. Cause I think like the OCD brain loves to try to get some control and just kind of latch onto stuff and be like, okay, this thing right here though, I'm going to definitely know it. Like you were just saying Cassie, right. And kind of seeing like, yeah, no, that's actually not how it's going to go. And, <laughs> and like, where do you really mm -hmm. get control is when you let go. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Do you guys have anything else in terms of like, what would be a tip? Like one thing that you could give to the audience, um, just like one takeaway for, for folks listening to practice, um, to kind of embrace or accept or deal with uncertainty. I'd say, um, I, I mean, I, this is kind of what I already said, but just, um, like thinking, coming to that, that place where you can accept that nothing is certain. I think that's really hard to sit with, but like the more you sit with that, the more you'll be able to beat OCD. And um, also just, you know, tying everything back to uncertainty, like rather than thinking like spending a lot of time thinking like, am I a murderer? Am I not? Think like, wow, I'm really afraid of the fact that I don't, I can never know for sure what I'm going to do in the future or something like that. Mm, I like that, Cassie. Thank you. That's a nice yeah. I agree. I like that a lot too. Um, something I was talking to my mom about this week that wasn't specifically OCD related, but um, one of my pets was sick and I didn't know whether it made sense to bring her to the vet or just kind of watch and wait. And it was like a hard choice and that's not OCD related. That's just life related. And when I was talking to her, she was reminding me that I should imagine myself um, in a week or in a month or in a year and how I will feel looking back on it. And I wouldn't have wanted to imagine myself like rushing my pet to the vet, spending a lot of money, spending a lot of time and energy um, unnecessarily or with a sick animal. I would rather spend if the animal was going to pass like her last minutes with her and she's fine and it's all good. And I brought her the vet to the vet the next day. Um, and that waiting period of not knowing whether she was going to go downhill or not was really, really hard. But I think something that helped me was imagining um, how I'll feel long-term instead of short-term. So instead mm -hmm. of like, well, immediately I want this anxiety and sadness to go away. So maybe driving to the vet in the middle of the night is how to get rid of that. I sat with it and thought, okay, and if she was to pass, how would I feel in a week from now? I would wish that I was with her. So that's what I decided to do. Um, and I don't think that always works for every situation, but I definitely like to imagine myself long-term when short-term decisions are hard to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really also beautifully said, Darcy. It's it's kind of the same concept of like using your 
what's out there in the world that we hear often about is using your values and what's important to you to drive your decision versus using the the sense of immediacy and urgency that OCD can generate. Beautifully said. Yeah, my my therapist um, is a DBT therapist for context. And so we talk a lot about rational mind, emotion mind, and wise mind. And she always says, if things feel like you need to do it immediately, it's emotion mind. If it's something that feels urgent, it's emotion mind. And that doesn't always mean it's bad. There are reasons why we have emotion mind and there are situations where that's helpful, but it is something to recognize. Like thinking I need to do something immediately, unless I'm actually in danger or it is immediate situation can actually cause more harm in the long run. Yeah, beautifully said again. And that almost touches on this whole other topic we could go off on. <laughs> okay, but we're going to pause there <laughs> because we can get all into about, you know, how do you know, though, if it feels urgent, though, how can I know for sure that it's not, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. He loves to play these little tricks. Um, thank you for bo- for that for both of you. Um, I'd like to switch gears and talk about uh, Penny Fear and of Thoughts because, first of all, love the title. Love the title. Um but I also want to know kind of like how, how did this all come to be and kind of how is this in terms of like the mission and kind of what you're doing in the world to really kind of, I, I'm, I'm going to assume help normalize also that, you know, hey, we all have intrusive thoughts. We all have a whole lot of random thoughts. We don't always share all our thoughts, but, you know, people with OCD have some more of them. Um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit more about uh, Penny for your intrusive thoughts. Cassie? Yeah, maybe I'll say a little bit about how it came to be and then Darcy, you can talk about more of our mission. So it, I kind of got the idea at, well, a little after the 2017 OCD conference, because I went to this talk that was on taboo intrusive thoughts and they let everyone ask an anonymous question. And I thought that it was really interesting, like looking at what people asked anonymously versus what people went up to the microphone to ask at like other, like both like, I mean, at that one, people asked kind of taboo questions because that was the whole point of the talk. But when you go to a talk that isn't specifically about taboo intrusive thoughts, people were less likely to ask these questions that might feel more embarrassing. And so I then thought like, you know, that just struck me. And then I also, my high school, cause I started when I was a senior in high school um, with a pen, with Penny and my high school had a, had like a Instagram page that was like a confessions page where people could anonymously submit like something for them to post. And it was interesting cause a lot of them were about mental health but my school like never talked about mental health. Like no one really, teachers or students, like it was just kind of not something t- talked about. Mm. So I kind of combined those two and I was like, what if we can do something for people with OCD? Like if we used anonymity to allow people to like share stuff that maybe they're not comfortable sharing otherwise to kind of like change the conversation and not just make it about what people, only the things people are comfortable talking about. So I passed it off to Darcy for our, a little bit more about our mission. Yeah, that's also a great uh, kind of great way to bring it together. If I can just say, mm-hmm. and that's totally you just you're hitting like the nail on the head. That's exactly it, right? Like so often, like we know these things, we're aware of it, but we don't talk about it. And then mm-hmm. when you can create some platform that can feel safe to just let things out, how interesting is that? That you get to see what's actually going on under underneath the surface, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, Darcy, the mission. Yeah. Um, before that, I also just wanted to add a little bit more about the story of um, that was the same conference that Cassie and I met. We didn't both go to that panel. And I don't even think we met at a panel. We might have. Maybe we did. I don't remember. We met somewhere at the San Francisco conference um, and became friendly and exchanged information. And then later, I mean, I guess, I guess Penny started a year later. So at some point in that time period, Cassie um, messaged a group chat of a bunch of people we had met at the conference and shared her idea 
for a penny for your intrusive thoughts and asked if anyone wanted to help. Um, and Cassie and I just work really well together and have very different strengths. So it, we just, we just work well together. So I thought it would be perfect. And, um, I think Cassie already had the name at that point. Right. I remember saying (laughs) your dad thought of it. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And I remember it being really funny because at first, at first I was like, oh yeah, that's an amazing name. And then I was thinking, oh wait, that's a saying a penny for your thoughts is a thing. It's a play on words. Love it. And we had that name for, we've had that name this whole time. And it's taken so many of our friends to realize that it's actually based on a saying. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, cause I don't know how common that phrase is, but I think that's funny. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And I also think, um, our little like catchphrase, I don't know what you'd call it is what if you're not alone? And that my mom came up with. So Cassie, our ah. parent, our parents <laughs> I love should, it. <laughs> should just run a penny for your intrusive thoughts. I love um, it. yeah. So our mission is, um, helping people feel less alone, which is why our phrases what if you're not alone OCD likes to have these what if thoughts what if I'm a murderer what if I'm gonna hurt somebody um different things like that and we play on it and say what if you're not alone if OCD can have these wild scary what if thoughts you can reframe it Mm -hmm. um and what we do is we have a google form on our website which is a penny for your intrusive thoughts.org and um you can submit your intrusive thoughts there um you can type in there's a character count but up into that character count, you can type in whatever you want, any thoughts you're having related to anxiety or OCD, any what if thoughts. Um, and then we have a section where you can um, label what category it is, which just helps helps us sort through the thoughts because we get anywhere between 50 to 100 thoughts a week. So um, a lot of thoughts. So it helps us sort. Oh. But if you, if you aren't sure what theme yours is, like the content thing we were talking about earlier, that's fine. And then we post them on our social medias. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, in compilations. So we have compilations on social anxiety thoughts and compilations on sexual orientation OCD and compilations on harm OCD. And basically it just helps our followers be able to realize that the thoughts that they have aren't these singular things that just they are experiencing. Other people are experiencing them too. Um, and to put a name to it that it's OCD, it's an intrusive thought and here's a bunch of other thoughts that our other people have that might be about the same sort of fear. Um, And we've gotten so much feedback that it's helped people in the exact ways we hoped it would help people, which has continued to like help us build um, Penny because we know it's helping people. And yeah, that's a little bit about our mission. It's beautiful, honestly, because I, I remember when I um, when I met you guys at IOCDF conference as well. And I remember grabbing one of the, you have um it's a laminated sheet with, with different samples and examples. And I brought a couple of back, back with me because um, I am a therapist and I do work with dominantly, I'd say 95% of my practice is all OCD. Um, and when people get really stuck, I'll, I will literally pull it out and be like, look, read this. Isn't that amazing? Look, it's written on paper. Like somebody else has had it um, just to help kind of create a little bit of that, that normalizing experience, right? That you're, you're literally, you are not alone. There's no way you can be alone when there's like 7 billion of us. Like there's just no way you can be the only one that has that one thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, not as a reassurance, right? <laughs> not as a compulsive feature, but more as an education. Like 
people have thoughts. It's actually a normal experience, but I love what you're doing. I love your mission. I love that you came up with this. I love that your mom and dad <laughs> added to this in this cool way. That's, that's just such a fun feature. Like I didn't know that. I was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Um, so um, we're coming to the end and I wanted to ask you, you know, if people are interested in finding you or talking to you or reaching out in any way, how can they find you? Yeah. Um, so probably the easiest way is our website has everything. So that's a penny for your intrusive thoughts.org. And then if you email a penny for your intrusive thoughts at gmail.com, that's their email. You can also reach out through our social medias. Um, our, our, um, Instagram and Facebook are a pen, basically a penny for intrusive thoughts, but the four is just the number four. And then Twitter doesn't allow very long um, uh, handles, so it's OCD thoughts and on. Perfect. And of course, I'll include all that in the show notes so that everybody can find you easily. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. And let me speak to both of you and share your wisdom. Thank you for having us. That was yeah, it's been a good conversation. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to OCD Whisper Podcast. If you want ongoing support with live weekly Q&A calls to address your questions about OCD and get topic trainings, please join my membership, Mastering OCD. Go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership.